0: Happy Monday everyone. We are at episode two. I can't believe this. This is insane. I'm so happy to be here. Um, couple updates for you. I don't have any updates actually. I got, I am really hungover still. This is, I'm doing the intro on Sunday. I had a lovely birthday weekend. It was so much fun. Cute little recap, lots of tequila shots, lots of oysters, lots of cake, all good things. And I feel so blessed and lucky and grateful and fulfilled. And I got to be honest, the highlight of it all was launching this and having a new way of talking to you all and hearing your feedback on it. It means the absolute fucking world to me. I can't put it into words. I just feel so fulfilled. And like, I'm supposed to be talking to you. It just makes sense upstairs. I have to tell you. Okay. My delusional ass is going to transition us into this episode. Welcome to episode number two of the My Brain Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Kat. Today we're talking about how I am, you are, we are the fucking CEOs. It'll all make sense soon. Thanks for coming. Welcome to the My Brain Hurts Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Maykampson. Sit back, sit tight, enjoy the ride, and here's to a lot of brains that don't hurt. Hello. Welcome to episode two of My Brain Hurts Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Maykampson. We're here to talk about all things brains hurting and how we're going to make them stop. So, if you're here for the second time in a row, I'm absolutely honored. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're new, I'm also new too. So welcome. <laughs> um, I am really excited to chat today about the mindset shift that I've had over the past couple of months. And I want to start with giving a little bit of background to this and some color to it. So I am an army wife or army fiance, if you will. My fiance is deployed to Iraq. This is our first deployment together. Um, This is my first deployment in life. Never, never been with someone with a deployment before. Didn't grow up in a military home. So I've never had someone who is very close to me go away to somewhere so remote and hard to access for an extended period of time. And I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. This shit is tough. And that's coming from someone who absolutely loves to be alone. Like I cherish my alone time like no other. I am the person that will go to dinner by themselves. I'll go to movies by myself. I have to spend at least, I would say 20 to 30 minutes every single day alone Peyton knew, whatever, we lived together that I needed crate time. That's what we call... So let me back this up a little bit. You know when dogs start to be assholes, maybe pets, and they're just fucking with you, right? They're biting at your heels. They want to constantly play. And you put them in their crate and they calm down because they're by themselves. They wind themselves down. They're in a place of security. I always tell Peyton my fiance, that I need crate time. And this happens at any given moment. We can be in the grocery store. We can be at home just hanging out. We can be visiting our families. Crate time often happens when we're visiting our families. But even when we're just home hanging out, I'll look at him and say, this is a bit too much for me. I'm overstimulated. I need crate time. And I go and I just kind of be by myself for 20 to 30 minutes. And we can do a whole other episode on Crate Time and why it is so necessary to me. But a couple ways that I pop into my crate is I'll put on a podcast. I love all podcasts. Skinny Confidential, It's Me Tinks, The Pursuit of Wellness with Mario Llewellyn, just to name a few. Those are my top three right now. I'm obsessed. I will read a book if it's somewhere acceptable. And sometimes if I'm in a setting where it might be rude of me, like let's say I'm sitting on the couch with family or friends and I'm just a little overstimulated and I can't just whip out a book or put my AirPods in and listen to a podcast, I'll just kind of sit in with my thoughts and you know, somewhat engage in the conversation, still be polite, still smile. If I'm spoken to, I will, but I just kind of retreat a little bit, and that allows me to recharge. I truly believe that I am an extroverted introvert. I think the definition is based on our batteries, if you will. So If you're an extrovert, a true extrovert, you recharge by being around others. If you are a true introvert, you recharge being alone. I absolutely recharge being alone. Being around others is more so of what drains me, but I can do it and I'm always happy to do it. I love being around my friends. I love being around people. I'm obviously sitting here recording a podcast. I like to talk to people, but I am not my best self if I do not get my introverted crate time. So that all goes to say that as someone who absolutely loves to be alone, deployment time and being away from your partner is really hard and maybe I'm not looking for the right resources for it, but I don't think people talk about it enough. I don't think it's normal it's normalized to be like, this shit really sucks. You know, people thank you for your service and oh, tell him we appreciate him. But like the wives and the husbands at home, this shit is hard because not only do you miss your best friend and you miss doing something with them every day, but you get used to having, you know, another mind to bounce ideas off of someone to help you make decisions someone to help you do small day-to-day tasks someone to laugh with i've been laughing with myself left and right so peyton deploys he's been gone for about two months now and this is when I first, like, it's taken me two months to get here to be like, let's get off our ass and not feel, stop feeling bad for ourselves. Because truly, for the first two months, I think I started in denial. And then I got to a point where I was just anxious and sad all the time. And I was really, really doing a poor me. And I was throwing my pity party and I was constantly venting to anyone who would listen to me. And you know, that's well and good. That has its place. We need to vent. You need to get these feelings off your chest. But what I was doing is not healthy. And being in that position and just sitting in your pity party with your hat on blowing your horn for two months is not a place for anyone to be. So I don't know what happened, but probably like two to three weeks ago, I woke up and I was like, fuck this. I am empowered by having to make all these decisions and I am empowered by being alone and I am strong and I am becoming better because of this. And I am learning so much about myself, which takes me to the title of this episode. I started calling myself the CEO and now my friends, my family, and my fiance also call me the CEO. So I'm telling you, speak this shit into existence. But if you think about it, especially as females, we're expected to do a lot in our house and in our home and in our relationships. And whenever you separate from your families, let's say you've moved out of the house, you've graduated from your final school, you're no longer relying on them there comes a point where you become your own family and it's just you, or it's you and a partner. And whenever you get to that point, especially as a female, you notice that you start taking on a lot of roles and a lot of emotions and a lot of decisions. And it's just kind of expected. So rather than be like, yeah, this is a lot. And we do this and it's expected of us. uh, And this is hard. I'm going to complain about it every day. Cause that's what I was doing. I was like, Oh shit. We just moved into this house and we just got engaged. I have to plan a wedding and I need to build a fucking fence and I need to figure out our finances and what are you investing? And I got to the point where I was like, no, I'm empowered by that. I make the decisions because I'm the boss. I'm the CEO. So I'm going to bring you a couple of mindset shifts for whenever you're in that place of being extremely overwhelmed by just the day-to-day things. Because sometimes when you have anxiety or you have mental health issues, just waking up and getting through the day and doing those simple day-to-day things should be celebrated because for you and for me, that is hard because all day long our brain is fighting us and they're saying, you can't do this. You don't have it in you. You're not the CEO. So these are some shifts that I've had, some things that I tell myself when I wake up and my brain is telling me that I can't and telling me that I'm overwhelmed and I can't get through the day. So I want to tell you, like me, that you're the CEO. We're the CEO. That was my first shift. So my first bit of overwhelming is I am an extremely indecisive person. I do not like making big decisions. I don't like making small decisions. I am that typical meme that the girl is when they say, what do you want for dinner? And you say, I don't know, what do you, and it never goes back and forth. Don't ever ask me what I want for dinner. I have no idea. My dream day is one that's planned for me and I don't have to make a single decision. Every year on my birthday, Peyton asked me what I want, and I say to not make a decision. That's it. I don't want to make a single decision. So whenever I got to this position and I realized that the other part of my board, who is now my direct report, is no longer here to be making decisions with me, I woke the fuck up and realized we're going to have to put our CEO pants on and start making our decisions. So that's my biggest shift to start is whenever you are overwhelmed with the decisions of day to day, and this can be as simple as, do I make the bed or not? Do I put on something that makes me feel confident and comfortable to get up and do what the day has to take for me? Do I make breakfast for myself or do I order in? Or if it's bigger ones, like Should I reach out about getting a fence quote, which is the bane of my existence? If anyone has any fence tips, let me know. I hate the fence. Realize that the decisions, they're not a privilege because sometimes they are a fucking burden, but they're an honor and it's badass that we're able to make them and We're the final yes or no. I know at the end of the day, I am the yes or no. I'm moving the needle in my little family, in my little company, with my little direct reports. And that's cool. And I'm really proud of that. So in the CEO, I am also the entire C-suite. I'm also the CFO. And I want you to realize that you're the CFO as well. Whenever you become bogged down from all the financial choices that we have to make, because I mean, it is extremely overwhelming, especially as a female, when no finance information is marketed towards being appealing towards us. I feel like guys go to dinner at such a young age and it's normal to talk about stocks and 401ks and what they're investing in and how much money you want to make. But if I'm like, hey, this year I want to make this salary and my goal is to get this, my bonus, and I put this in my 401k, it's uncomfortable to people because why would I talk about my salary? What makes me feel confident enough to talk about what I have and what I'm doing? So my mindset shift is that rather than being overwhelmed by my knowledge or lack thereof, of finances and my obligations with our finances and what I'm doing, I'm going to flip it and I'm the CFO. I make the decision. So now it's actually kind of funny because it all worked out. Whenever I run all of our money now, which is a good and a bad thing. I like being in charge, but sometimes I could take it away back to my indecisiveness. But now whenever Peyton wants to buy something big, he asks to book a meeting with the CFO to discuss some prospects. It feels really good. So some shifts that I want you to make with being your own CFO is that every bill you pay you're just keeping the company running. You're keeping the business running, and that's amazing. That's badass. You're not just paying rent. You're not just paying your utilities. You're not just going to get groceries. You're feeding your company. You're feeding your direct reports. You're keeping your direct reports housed you're keeping your business running. All of your bills are for the sole purpose to keep the business running. When you think of it like that, rather than something that's coming at you and it's scary and it sucks and it's taking half my fucking paycheck, it's to keep the business running. This beautiful business that I'm working on together and I'm in charge and I got to keep it going. I also flipped a switch on investing in this part, because why wouldn't I, as a CFO, invest in my own company? So whether that came to focusing on how I'm spending my money so that I'm better taking care of my health, you know, signing up for that gym that I wouldn't pay for because I thought it was too expensive, but it helps me to move my body the way that makes me feel good buying those supplements that I usually would not purchase because why would I spend $60 on a month of supplements? Because I'm keeping the business running and I'm investing in myself and it makes me feel good. It's so important. This is physical health, but this is also mental health. And eventually I hit a point where I realized therapy is extremely important to me. Yes, it is expensive. I am very lucky that I'm with a company that provides me with insurance, but in order to keep this business running, I have to invest in myself. And that is another bill that goes into keeping my company going and growing it for future, the future of the company. This also comes into future investments. And I'm talking like stock market, like 401k, like Roth IRA, like shit that sucks. So my switch flipped whenever I read the book, The Financial Feminist, and she broke it down really simply for how I can budget out my money. So as the CFO, I have been recommended, and this is not only The Financial Feminist, I've heard quite a few People in the finance world, finance creators, talk about this rule. So it's the 50-30-20 rule. 50% of your take-home income goes to necessities. That goes to the bills. That goes to the chunk of things that are keeping the business running. And yes, if it is greatly affecting and improving your mental and physical health, we're going to throw those the therapy. We're going to throw the gym. We're going to throw the supplements into the 50% that is keeping the business running. 30% is the fun money. This is what you should be happy to spend your money on. As the CEO, this is what I'm using for our company retreats. (laughs) This is for when my direct report gets back and we need to have a business dinner. These are important things. Maybe it's for your new suit, For your board meeting with the company at eight o'clock on Friday night. You know, it's these are the fun things. This is the shit you get excited to spend your money on. The 20 rule. So the 20%, that is for the future of you, the future of the CEO, the future of the company, you have to constantly invest in the future of the company monetarily so that you can grow it to what it wants to be. So that 20% you know, personally, 401k is easy for me. I can't go in and like speak super knowledgeably on finance right now. And I'm going to do a bit more research and bring a pod to you guys that makes sense where I have it broken down. But for me right now, that's a 401k. And that's an easy thing to do. I can take it directly out of my paycheck and not think about it. So that's where that's going for me. Um, I have some, another thing that's important is an emergency fund. That's for future me as well. That's for the future of the company, you know, because what if one day your company's building the floor floods and you've got to worry about your direct reports having a desk. It's for a rainy day. That's what's important. So when I took everything finance wise and broke it down. Like I am the CFO and the CEO, because I run this shit and this is what I need to do to keep my business running with or without my direct reports here. That's just additional money coming in. This is how I'm going to do it. And it made it much simpler in my head. And it almost made me detach from the emotional portion of the money because as CFO, Think about it at work every day. When you're playing with your company's money, you're detached. You don't care. I care a lot about where my personal $20 go. I do not care about where a company's $20 go. So it's easier for me to take that $20 and say, no, this is not a coffee and a bagel and then maybe like a shot of tequila. This is going into this stock, because I think it's going to give me a great return, and that's just a good investment. And there's no emotion tied to it because it's the company, because I'm the CEO. So that is how I think of finances. As a CEO and the CFO, I am also the COO, the chief operations officer. And through that, I manage our day-to-day operations. And I tell myself this so that, again, I am not bogged down and discouraged by what I do on a day-to-day because those things can feel... I can't think of a word that's better than not good. You know, if you wake up one day and you truly have, you're like, I'm not doing anything today except I have to go to the grocery store and I need to clean the house and I've got two more errands to run. I'm pretty sure I need to get an oil change. You might be like, Oh, wow. Today sucks. Like I'm getting nothing done. I have no plans. This isn't even that important. Maybe I'll push it off. Maybe I'll watch another season of Suits. If you know, you know, it's my latest obsession, but no, if you're the COO, if your day-to-day operations are not happening, even when your direct reports are out, then nothing is happening for the company. So it's very important to get up, get your ass out of bed, get that oil change, clean your house, clean the office, stock the company fridge, it's important. You have to do that because as COO, you would do that. Another thing that this helps me with is any big type of house projects. I mean, the chief operations officer runs all that shit. So that's tough. For example, like I said, we just moved into a house. It's wonderful. I love it. I feel very lucky to have purchased a home. And I learned that you have to build a fence I also learned building fences are extremely expensive, but I detach that away because as the CFO, I am aware that this is a great investment for my company and it will help in the day to day operations as the COO. So it's really just helped me with the mindset of control and not being overwhelmed with the decisions of what I have to do, just the basic errands, dicking arounds of life that aren't sexy and fun, especially when you're alone, but you're doing it for the company and for the future of the company. My last C-suite title that I hold as CEO as well is I am the CMO and I am the chief marketing officer of my company, of my family, of our brand. And That helps me with my mindset for the day because I know that I want to be seen as someone who is kind and happy and trustworthy and hardworking. And I've created my brand and I know that as the CMO to project my company as this brand, I have to do actions every day and act in a way when I'm out with others, when I am working, when I'm on phone calls, when I'm texting someone that embodies the brand of this company. So in my CMO mindset, that's how I know I'm doing it correctly. If I go back to the brand of what our company is, it also helps my partner and I hold each other accountable on how we're treating each other because the CEO and the CMO should always treat, treat the direct report and the direct report back to the CMO with the company's brand in mind. This also helps with ensuring that I get out of the house. So like I said prior, live for crate time. I love to be alone, but I can quickly become a hermit, especially if I'm in one of those dips of anxiety, Mr. Depression, anything not good. Mr. Depression is coined by Tinks. I'm obsessed with her. Um, but whenever that is there, you know, I don't want to leave. I want to sit on the couch. Back to suits. I want to hang out with my dog. I don't really want to talk to anyone. But as CMO, I know that I need to be out and I need to be social. I need to be reminding everyone that the company's brand is okay, That the company's brand is here. This brand needs to interact with other brands because that's how we learn. And that's how companies learn from each other. So you have to constantly be learning from the market and spending time in the market to be a successful company as the CMO, I bring that up to the CEO, who is also myself. And just having this mindset has really, really helped me. I can't say it enough. It was a weird switch that flipped one day and I was like, I got to stop feeling sorry for myself. I'm the boss. I can handle this. Everything's fine. Another thing that I haven't mentioned that it improved was the communication styles between my partner and I, the way that we're able to sit down and, Well, FaceTime and look at each other and say, hey, this is when I'm going to be able to talk to you this week. This is when I'm not. I have this big project coming up that I'm really worried about. I'll need to hold on to your support there. I have this coming up that I'm really excited for. I hope for some celebration from you if it works well. Just the ability to communicate like he and I are also the business and we are also working together and investing in each other to make this move forward. So TLDR, you're the CEO, you're also the CFO, you're killing your finances, and they are a big deal. Even if it's just you, they are a big deal. Every dollar you spend is a big deal. You should treat it like it is. You are the CEO. You're running the ops, the day-to-day, the big picture. You've got the calendar. That's huge, right? the shit on your resume. You're doing it every single day. No matter how mundane the task is, you are the project manager. You make sure that it happens, and that is impressive. The CMO, you are the chief marketing officer, and remember to market yourself to yourself and to others the way you truly want to be presented. That's what I think of. I think of four words that you want to live live by. Four words that you want someone to say, oh, cat is this and cat is this and this and this. And that's what you want your brand to be and live by that every day, any way that you can. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard as shit sometimes. But remember, you need to interact with other brands. You need to learn and get market research. It's important. And then you ladder it all up to also you, the CEO, and remember that every single decision you make is a big one and it's important. And you're doing amazing, sweetie. We're all doing great. I'm really proud of you. We can do this together. And the CEO mindset, the CEO day to day, I don't know what we'll call this other than you are the CEO. That's going to help our brains not hurt. So everyone have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Bye.